0: 17-year-old star on Pekin Community High School's baseball team dreamed of making the major leagues. All that changed one bloody summer night in 1978. This is a story of Jimmy Childers. Friday night. Welcome to Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat. This is Kelly, and I am back with another true crime case. Um, This one is in Pekin, Illinois, which is pretty close to my area, just on the other side of the Illinois River. I am drinking my Java Mama coffee. This is Frosty's favorite is the name of it and it is a buttery creamy butterscotch it is so good i just love it it is of course one of our holiday flavors Mm. oh i had to get a drink okay java mama is air roasted so you get the taste of the bean and not the roaster we also have tea and hot cocoa and seasonings I do leave my link in the show notes, just in case anyone wants to go on the site and see what we have. Many of our sets, if you buy uh, coffee in a, a set, a pack, usually they are free shipping. So um, I am going to go ahead and tell the story of Jimmy Childers. Now, my sources are from legal.com, L-E-A-G-L-E.com people versus childers, uh casetext.com, newspapers.com, nwi-times.com and the timescom Now, Jimmy Childers was a really good baseball player. Um, he was born April April 28th, 1961. He um he had dreamed of joining the major leagues, and even tried out for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, now he was, sev- so if he was born, let me see, April 1961, so this was in 1978, so he would have been 17 years old. He was not a Pekin graduate when this crime happened. Um, I had to stop and think because I had to do the math of how old he was to when this happened, and if he w- had turned 17 a- in April two months a little over two months before this happened, um, he would not have been graduated. So I'm guessing he would have one more year of school left. So on the night of July 10th, 1978, around 1 a.m., Jimmy came home. This was a Saturday night, but it was into the Sunday morning at 1 a.m., which was the night of the 9th. Earlier that day, he announced in the newspaper... Um, that he was engaged to a girl named Lynn, um again, still in high school, I'm not not sure how old Lynn was. I know she was still living at home with her mother um but they um it was it came out in the paper, and his parents saw this, and it did not go over well um From what I hear, people say that remember this case, I do not remember it. I was a child. Uh, But my brother remembers it. My mom remembers it. And what people were saying was, I did not see this printed anywhere, but that when he announced his engagement that day, his parents protested against that because he had another year of school left and he was going to get a baseball baseball scholarship. That's what they were wanting him to do. And from this, it sounded like he wanted to just get married. Maybe he wanted to quit. I mean, if you're still in high school, you got another year of high school left and you're going to get married. Sounds to me like you would you would be quitting school and then going to work. And for him, it sounded like, you know, he tried out for the Cincinnati Reds. He was probably interested in going to play baseball right away. You know, when you're a young kid, you know, you do want out of school. You want to get started on your career, especially when you have a a gift like like him. I mean, he was really good and and he wanted to make the big leagues and he wanted to do it. And that's what this sounds like to me. That's what this sounds like. And, and from what I've heard, um, his mother and stepfather. So I'm not sure exactly what happened to his his father, but he was living with his mother and his stepfather and his 15 year old brother, Warren. His brother's name is Warren. Um, his mother's name is Norma and she was 37. His stepfather's name is Robert Robert. I'm not sure how you say this, Rotramel, Rotramel, R O T R A M E L, and he was 42. And then Warren, his brother, was 15. He came home that night at 1 a.m. Um, he basically, to put it lightly, brutally murdered all three people. His mother was stabbed. 24 times, shot twice. Stepfather Robert, he was stabbed eight times, shot once. His brother, Warren, who apparently was trying to escape from the house, was stabbed 18 times. The fight that happened, like I said, I don't know the details. I'm just telling you what I've heard people say you know, that um, they didn't, you know, he just announced his engagement earlier that day in the newspaper. So right after this, he he goes to his fiance's house, Lynn's house. I'm not sure exactly where she lived. I thought it said she lived in, he was on his way to Peoria, but um, he called her, I'm sorry, he went to her house after this happened. Tried to go to sleep, couldn't go to sleep. Tried, you know. Um, so he ended up calling the police and said that he had been, tried to get into his home and he couldn't get in. The door was doors were locked. The um, cars were parked out in the driveway. So he asked the police to go check on his parents. And this was about 5.30 a.m that this happened they didn't have any cell phones back then so he said he had to go to his he told them he had to go to his girlfriend her his fiance's house to call because he couldn't get in his house like i said this is back before days of cell phones where you just you just couldn't you know make a call from your front porch um so they went and checked it out um I'm not exactly sure. Oh, there was a door that was unlocked that they were able to walk in. Um, The house was ransacked. Looked like it had been a robbery. And what happened was after Jimmy killed his family, he ransacked the house to stage a robbery. He took the weapons, knife, gun, and he took money from his parents' wallets and he took his clothing that he was wearing at that time and they had put, he had put it inside a paper sack. He cleaned up, changed clothes, of course, and left the house, headed toward Peoria. And that's when he threw the um, the sack into the Illinois r- River from the bridge. I don't know exactly which bridge it was. There's more than one in Pekin. There's the main Pekin Bridge and then um, where the uh, interstate is. So anyway, he went over the bridge, threw it in the river, this con- The contents of the, this sack has never, ever been recovered. So then when he arrived at Lynn's house, his fiance, he threw his his own keys from his house into her yard. So that's when he went in and tried to go to sleep and couldn't. Now, I don't know exactly where lennon and, and her mother was i mean i'm i would think she would have had to let him in now these are 17 years and these are kids these are like high school kids um so when the police went to check it out they were able to get into i was trying to find it here in my notes they they were able to get into the house and um this is another strange thing that Jimmy told them before they left that he forgot to tell them that he changed clothes earlier that evening before going home you know he changed clothes before going to the house and then he left his clothing between the storm door and the front door because he couldn't get in I'm thinking he forgot that he threw those over into the river Or he was just telling them this in case somebody said they saw him earlier that that day and he had different clothes on. I I have no idea what was going through his mind on this. But, of course, they never found any clothes hidden inside the door. Now, he could say, well, yeah, someone stole them, you know. But um, they they did take his fingerprints and his palm prints while he was there. Um, And they searched his car. Uh, They interviewed a neighbor and asked if they had seen, seen anything or heard anything. And the neighbor said around 1 a.m. they woke to sounds of muffled, muffled sounds, banging, screams, and yelling. They said the lights went on and off, like went on and then back off. And they said that there was uh, just a small hall light on in the house they could see. And they could see a person in red in one of the bedroom windows. And Jimmy did have red on. He had a red shirt on. Um, now the police told him all this that the neighbors the neighbors said, you know, you were over there and this is what happened, and or this is what they heard. And um, then he became emotional. He's like, Okay, I want to tell you the truth. So this is what his truth after he said this, they read him his Miranda rights. He told the police, he entered his house with his key, found the bodies dead, picked his family dead, picked up the gun and was searching the house in case the person was still in the house. And then that's how he got blood on him. He got scared. So he left and threw the, out the gun and his clothing. Okay. This is a story that he told the police. So basically he's telling everything except the fact that he had killed his family. Um, and the fight. So they did not believe him. And they had him at, in this interrogation room and, in, in, in this interrogation all day. He finally, finally at five thir- from between the times are between 537 PM and 558 PM, he had confessed. So this would have been July 10th, the same day, this, you know, the day that he went there, um, before he confessed, he did ask, asked to talk to his fiance, which they allowed. So after that, he confessed after all this time. So um, with his confession, when they went to trial, um, they had fought about, or, I mean, not fought. The defense came in and said he sat in that interrogation room all day. He had nothing to eat. He had didn't get any sleep. He couldn't sleep that night. He was just saying that just to get out of there. But no, Jimmy did kill his family. He still talks about it in one of the um, articles that I found and uh, in the sources, I think it may have been the Pekin Times um, source. And this was an article that was done in the early 2000s, which would have put him in his 40s. And he basically says that his mother was very, very abusive. Um, his mother was abusive and there's uh, family members in this article talking about him and saying that he does need to be released. He shouldn't be in there. His Cause he got life in prison without the possibility of parole that he shouldn't be in there. He was 17 when he did this crime. He did it because of the fight. He just snapped during this fight but they argued the prosecution argued he that it was it had to have been some planning involved for him to ransack the house make it look like a robbery take all his parents money out of his wallets and change and clean up and throw everything over the you know river uh, over the bridge and it was all planned i mean that there was some planning involved here and then um after lying to the police in the first place. It wasn't like he came right out and said, oh my gosh, I did this. You know, he, um, so they're, they're, they argued that there was some planning involved with this premeditation. So um, Childer, uh, Jimmy Childer says about his mother that his mom had been raped 10 years before the slayings and um she had a boyfriend and this boyfriend raped her now this was 10 years before so jimmy would have been seven and warren would have been five he thought now she resent. ever since that happened she just resented them and he suspected that it was because those kids the boys did not help her while she was being raped so i'm guessing that he they were there which is horrible This is a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. What are they supposed to do? I don't understand. I mean, they're, you know. Um, He says that after that, she started hating them. And his aunt, which I'm thinking was her sister. I'm not sure exactly how the aunt was related to them, but uh, that she knew of the abuse. And she said that she always said right in front of him that she regretted ever having them. And she talked to her, this aunt, must have been her, I'm guessing it was her sister, it's my guess, and that she was talking to her about, talked to her about it, but it just, it didn't get any better, she just kept doing it. So Childers, Jimmy Childers today says he encourages kids to speak up about abuse right away before it comes to a head and someone snaps and something like this happens. So he is talking, uh, encouraging kids to come forward with this. And you know, tell the, and my whole thing about this, I don't understand why he had to kill his brother. That's the one thing that I do not get. Uh, The only thing, why? Because he would have been a witness. So I could see why he is still in prison. Now, if he would have just killed his mother, uh, of course, and maybe the stepfather, maybe the stepfather was trying to protect her or something. And and then he probably would have had more of a chance. But uh, to me, killing the 15 year old brother, his own brother, I don't know how he could have done that um I don't know it just it's it's a very 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 sad case I mean he threw away his whole future and he had a very very promising future and he threw it all away so I know when you're young 17 I was 17 I was in school I wanted out of the house I wanted to live somewhere else I didn't want to live in our house and Um, I could see myself wanting to get out, going to a boyfriend's house, staying there, but I don't think I definitely could never have done that. I mean, 24 times his mom, he had stabbed his mom and 18 times for the brother. And I'm just like, I don't understand why he had to do that to his brother to stab him 18 times. But... The state's attorney said this by far was the most gruesome murder that has happened that they've seen in Tazewell County. And that's where Pekin is in Tazewell County. Now, right before he was, or right after he was convicted, found guilty, convicted, um, he drank two ounces of hairspray in a suicide attempt. And they rushed him to the hospital, but he didn't drink enough to have been killed, so he was okay, but, um, I found that a pretty interesting. I'm kind of surprised that he did not try it again, but I didn't see where he tried suicide again. He is in Menard Prison, the oldest prison that we have here in Illinois, and it is a rough prison, and I have talked about a couple other, co- um, murderers here that, uh, Mark Winger and, um, the guy that killed tommy smith i'm blanking gene brown that's his name gene brown they are all in they are also in menard prison uh down by springfield i think is where it is so that is the story of jimmy childers july 10th 1978 peak in illinois such a sad story when i read this um i had my brother had told me about it i looked it up and then i asked my mom and she remembered this and this is just a sad sad story i mean um horrible so he's uh, in his 60s now and still serving this life sentence from snapping at age 17 um, I'm trying to think of how I want to end this with anything. Um, I am happy that I got a review on Apple from the podcast Nosy Bitches. That's a good podcast. You should listen to them. That's very, very good. They do some really good cases. Um, so thank you for them for the Review If you want to leave a review, Apple Podcasts, you get to actually write out a review. Spotify, you can rate by clicking on the stars. You can rate my podcast. Or I also have Buy Me a Coffee, where you can donate to the podcast. Um, If you donate, I send send a shout out out to you on the show. And I also send you some items I have, stickers, bookmarks, a couple other little things I throw in as a thank you. So you also get that. Um, if you cannot uh, donate, you can just, um, leaving a review really helps, uh, review or uh, rating the show. And um, I'm hoping my little podcast here gets heard, especially from these cases here in the Midwest that may have been forgotten or may have not even heard of, like, I'm learning so much from doing this. Um so I, I caught, uh, I do want to follow up. I do follow up with, in case I catch some movies or uh, series. I did watch the Netflix movie, Love Hard. I saw that last year when it was new on Netflix and I thought it was so funny. But um, Love Hard instead of Die Hard. It's a, it's a Christmas movie about being catfished. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> and uh, I really like that. And I also like the holiday movie. It's called Holiday with emma roberts that is a good one that's pretty vulgar pretty vulgar but i like that kind of stuff so um pretty bad language but it is so funny they're both really good movies if you want uh, just a, a laugh or you know um but those two i really enjoyed um i also like the christmas chronicles with kurt russell i watched the second one last year i need to watch those again This year, so right now I am watching my Christmas movies and I am still watching the true crime documentaries on ID. Dateline, 48 Hours, you name it. There's a new one on ID I really like. No One Can Hear You Scream is the title of the series. They've got some good stories on there. That's the name of it. No One Can Hear You Scream. And American Monster is still my top favorite show on ID right now. Has been my favorite since it started. So um, I'm still watching that. If anybody has any suggestions for any cases, please, please get a hold of me on Instagram or um, Twitter. Uh, Instagram is Kelly's Coffee Crime Chat. Twitter is Kelly's CCC Pod. And I also have a Facebook group, Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat. Um, you can email me at Kelly's Coffee Crime at gmail.com. And that is all for tonight. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful Friday night. I'm so glad I'm home from work and physical therapy. I just want to relax. So that is all. And if you have any other suggestions for cases, please, please let me know. And as always, I will see you next time.